Lothar, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on on your birthday. Happy birthday to you. Well, thank you. I've got a lot of them, and do not send me a cake with all the candles lit because there are fire restrictions everywhere on that kind that of thing. Sounds, that, that sounds like a sparkle. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, refrain from doing that here this afternoon. So the reason I wanted to talk to you is because all of the big news on my information sheet here known as Twitter is about the Toronto Blue Jays, and I, I like all of it. I like all of it. So let's start with Otani. They they met with him. Is this real? It it is. It seems very real. It seems like the Toronto Blue Jays are right there with the LA Dodgers as the two teams who are most likely to land Shohei Otani. Um, it's interesting because all of the smoke seems to be circling the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, you know, being in a Canadian being in Canadian markets here, I, it feels like a lot of the people in the states have. Um, really, un- really unassuming about the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, they think, oh, they're the quiet Canadian team in a country with a weak dollar. They can't afford to sign a player like Otani. When the truth of the matter is, is when you look at the track record of this Jays uh, franchise and organization over the last number of years, they've been spending at will. Um, they've signed guys like Hunjin Ryu, Kevin Gosman, George Springer, Chris Bassett, all to significant free agent contracts. And on top of that, they've spent and invested hundreds of millions of dollars into their own organization, too. You look at the complex in Dunedin, uh, state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line facility for their prospects down there. That's where Otani reportedly uh, reportedly met with uh, Jay's Brass yesterday. They've invested $300 million into the Rogers Center. They've got a bunch of premium seats that they're trying to sell there now. You know, the Jays are absolutely players for Otani, and I think it's caught a lot of people by surprise. It's, I mean, they have a lot of money, let's be real here. Um, And I would think, you know, I I looked at it like Otani is not like from Birmingham or Boulder or whatever. And you'd think, you know, maybe maybe you've got a better chance with somebody who's not from America to sign. And the Jays are in a good situation. And I do think that anybody who's observing uh, would would know they're trying to win. What kind of... um, what kind of a like ripple would Otani signing in Toronto have across the nation? Uh, it would be massive. This is actually something that I've been pondering myself. Um, I think the impact could be akin to Wayne Gretzky getting sold to the LA Kings. You look at the way that Gretzky impacted hockey in the United States, the way he helped grow the game in California, Arizona, Nevada, the Southern States, you know, Baseball is well-established in Canada. We all know that. You know, this is a country that has loved baseball for a very long time. But the United States had well-established NHL teams when Gretzky went to L.A. as well. Otani would have a massive ripple effect across the entire nation. And I think something that's important to consider, too, is the fact that, you know, Rogers owns Sportsnet, and Sportsnet owns, or, or has the broadcasting rights, rather, for the Toronto Blue Jays, coast-to-coast, on TV, and radio. That is a massive, massive selling point here, you know, for the Toronto Blue Jays when they can sit there and look at that and say, wow, you know, we would be able to invest in this tremendous player and be able to broadcast him nation to nation 162 times a year at the very least. Um, I think it's, it's an absolute no-brainer for the Jays to be pursuing Otani the way that they have and, and trying to make a massive swing here because – the nice thing about Otani, too, is that, you know, this year he's going to be only a designated hitter, right? He had the elbow surgery uh, at the end of the last season, so they don't need to worry about him on the pitching staff. And truth be told, pitching isn't exactly the problem for the Blue Jays here. You know, their their staff, their pitching staff was one of the best in all of baseball last year. 
where the Jays really struggled was to drive in runs and create some offense. You know, they scored one run against the Minnesota Twins in two games in the wild card series. And, and there was points in the season where the offense, offense looked inept. Um, bringing a guy like Otani in would obviously be a huge marking boom for the organization as well. But this is a guy who would absolutely push the Jays uh, over the top in their World Series aspirations. And it's it's a need. A lefty bat is a need because I remember when the, the Expos had Rusty Staub and then they, they went a long time, a long, long time, uh, and they acquired Al Oliver, but he wasn't the fit. You need a lefty bat in the middle of the lineup, and the, 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 the Expos finally got Larry Walker. But I know the Jays tried to do that, but, but Otani, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about Juan Soto here, like a, a, that's a bat that you can't like. You could you could slide that player between say Bichette and Guerrero, and that's a murderer's row. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the, the options the Jays would have at the top of the lineup, just bringing in Otani, would be absolutely tremendous. And I think what something else is really important here too is that you know Otani would help take the pressure off a guy like Vladimir Guerrero Jr a guy like Bo Bichette, a guy like George Springer. You know, Springer struggled at times, you know, through this last season, seems to be kind of going through, um, you know, hitting the back half of his career, so to speak. Um, you know, it takes the pressure off everybody and lets everybody breathe a little bit easier in that lineup because you know that Otani is going to drive in 40 home runs for you at the very least this season. Um, that's, a, that's a huge addition to have to, to a lineup that the Jays have. Uh, and as you mentioned, the, the need for a lefty bat is there. And as you mentioned, too, that's why they've been linked to a guy like Juan Soto as well. Well, I've seen Soto uh, as a watching Nationals games. And look, Otani has the, the Babe Ruth appeal. He's a great pitcher and a great hitter. And I think Otani's led the league in home runs and triples. He's just a freak of nature. But Soto, it, like he, he, I mean, when he's healthy... He is a, a real impact player, and the Padres have spent like drunken sailors, so they've got to do something. That might be, I'm not saying it's better than Otani, because I think you just signed Otani for money, you're better off. But as a check down, that's a hell of a get. Oh, without a doubt, right? Without a doubt. You know, the biggest concern I think that people would have with, with Soto would, A, be the acquisition cost, right? We're talking somebody like Alec Manoa being involved, a prospect like Ricky Tiedemann, who looks to have all the makings of a, a top two pitcher in the rotation for the Jays for a long, long time. And the concern with Soto is, is that he's got one year left on his contract. His agent, Scott Boris, is a guy who loves to take his players to free agency. Now, we've heard Ross Atkins say, uh, Jays general manager, that they're not opposed to going after a rental player. Uh, you know, if, if Jays can land Soto and it's not a – completely agree this cost there there's a possibility that you know they might be able to convince soda to stay they evidently have a significant amount of money earmarked for for shohei otani right we're talking over 500 million dollars here um soda was a guy who could command 400 million dollars easily in the open market uh and if it gets to a point where there's a bidding war that it would have to break out for soda in this potential scenario we're talking about you know it would make sense for the Jays to be able to do that still. I mean, if they're earmarking the money for Otani, why not earmark it for Soto, a guy who is just as powerful of a lefty bat when healthy, his on-base percentage uh, leads all active players right now. Uh, he, he's a tremendous, tremendous offensive talent too. Now, you know, the thing with Soto is he may not be the best, uh, you know, fielder out there in left field, right? 
Um, so the Jays would still need to to make some moves to try and insulate around that. Um, you know, maybe they try and bring back Kevin Kiermaier, I think, to $10 million for another year and stick him in center field. You can keep Varsho out and left. Uh, those two were incredible out there last season. And then you run Soto as your designated hitter. Um, the options and, and possibilities for the Jays here are endless. And the truth of the matter is, is if we even want to talk about a further check down, how about a guy like Cody Bellinger in a free agent market too, yeah. right? I, I really foresee a scenario where one of those three names end up a Blue Jay here in, in a matter of, of weeks. So with that said, Zach Lang with an H, um, Vladdy stays, right? Like I, I'm not a Jays fan, but I'm a Vladimir Guerrero. So he's, he's staying, right? Yeah, I, I don't see any reason right now as to why he wouldn't stay. Um, I, I've talked about Vladdy quite a bit, you know, lately and in the last year. I, I think people need to change their tune in the way that they look at Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as a player, right? This is a guy who came into the Jays organization with such a high level of hype around him. And that 2021 season that he had, you know, really did no favors for the hype train, right? And what we've seen in the last number of years is some regression from him at the plate and some moments last season that were quite confounding, to say the least. Um, some poor uh, swing selection and some of those other issues that he's having. You know, Vladdy's a guy who is still a very, very elite player. He's a very high-end player in baseball, and he's somebody that I hope the Jays are able to keep around for a long time. Now, again, of course, you're going to hear people say, oh, well, you know, the Jays, get Otani or they get Soto or they get Bellinger. They're not going to be able to afford Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I'm not fully convinced of that. I think there's a world where the Jays could make this all work. Again, you mentioned earlier here, you know, the money that Rogers has and the willingness that they have to spend it right now, you know, investing hundreds of millions of dollars in their facilities, you know, they are very much in a win now state and trading away guys like Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., probably aren't going to help your case in terms of being able to win now. So I know you've got something up on Broberg, um, and I know you've got a quote from Frank Cervalli or a tweet from Frank. Any idea where he might go like, or what the orders might be looking at? I know it's early days. It's an unfair question. Yeah, no, it's early days. But, you know, this, it's a really interesting situation with Broberg, right? It, 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 it harkens back to what the Oilers did at the beginning of last season, trading Dmitry Samarukov to St. Louis for Clint Costin. I think that's the kind of trade that the Oilers are going to be looking for here. Um, you know, how about a name like Ken Johnson out in Columbus? Uh, a high draft pick, he was a fifth overall pick, now in his second year in Columbus, and he's really struggled to start the year here. Got sent down to the American League. You know, there seems to be some kind of discontent there in, in Columbus with him. Or what about a guy like Morgan Frost in Philadelphia, for example? Again, another depth player. Now Frost makes a million dollars more than Broberg. So you're going to have to kind of get curious there. But I think that's kind of the scenario that the Oilers might be looking at here. You know, we've heard talk, and Sarah Valley has mentioned it a number of times, about the Oilers wanting to kind of reshape their bottom six and maybe mix it up a little bit there. I think that's the kind of trade that you're looking at. Or, hey, you know what? I'm a big fan of Elvis Merzlikens out in Columbus. I think he'd be a really solid addition for this Oilers team. Maybe there's a scenario where it's Jack Campbell, draft picks, and Philip Broberg for Merzlikens and Ken Johnson or something along those lines. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I think the Oilers are doing right by the player here in, in allowing him to, to seek some options in the trade market. So, Zach with an H, Z-A-C-H, do you, are you happy with that, or do you wish they'd gone with a K when you were born? 
Oh, no, I'm happy with the H, actually. I am. I, I will say I, I get a lot of the Ks, and I get a lot of absent fourth letters in there as well. Sometimes people will go with the AC, um, but I really like the, the H at the end there. Uh, full name Zachary, or as sometimes my friends call Zachariah. Oh, it, uh, yes. Serious. Yeah, I know. They, they, they flex it out a little bit here. But, yes, uh, very, very happy with the H instead of the K. Okay. Well, I wanted to know. I was curious, and I asked. I know that's not a sports question, but I appreciate your honesty. Hey, my pleasure. I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to be nimble, uh, low tide, so I'm ready for whatever you throw at me. You're the man. Thank you, Zach Lang.